Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Star of Rock Murders with Andy Hale. I'm flying solo today as Whitney is unable to join us today, but I feel as though she's here in spirit. Whitney, we miss you. We took a little break as we wait for the DNA results to come back, which should be soon, by the way, hopefully just a few more weeks. But we're dropping this bonus episode because we had another big, big development in the case, the biggest so far, and I don't say that lightly. The first major break was the man from Hennepin, Illinois, who told us the story about Smokey Rona and a premeditated plan to murder the three women. The second major break was the two-page police report detailing an interview with a telephone operator named Lois Selensek, who overheard two men talking about a kid who had bloody overalls in the trunk of a car and instructions to get rid of them, burn them. This third and new major development involves a woman reaching out to me and recounting a story she had been told by a family member about the Star of Rock murders. A credible story that right now is giving me goosebumps as I say these words, that combined with everything else we know, proves conclusively in my mind that Chester Weger had absolutely nothing to do with the Star of Rock murders. Within days of speaking to this woman on the telephone, I jumped on an airplane, flew to the state where she resides, and took a court-reported statement from her under oath. She repeated the story for me again in detail. Tears were shed. It was emotional. It was powerful. What I'd like to do for this episode is to simply play a large portion of the phone conversation I recently had with this woman. I want you to hear for yourself the authenticity in this woman's voice and the details of what she told me. Now, we'll be blocking out some of her personal information because she is concerned for her safety and we want to protect her confidentiality until we can share her information with the state's attorney's office. We're going to play a substantial portion of that phone conversation now, and then I'll come back and share some of my thoughts. Please get comfortable. Let's take a listen. Okay, are you there? Yeah, sorry. All right, so I think this is working. I hope so. Let's just start at the beginning since this is the first time we talked. And just so when I go back and listen to this, today is June 22nd, 2022. It's 9 o'clock in the morning. Um, I received a Facebook message last night from which is you, correct? Yes. And I reached out now because you had said in your Facebook message that you had information on uh, Chester Weger and the Star of Rock murders. Um, so as I told you <laughs> a minute ago, um, I will talk to anybody that knows anything. And I want to just say, before I even know what you have to tell me, I really appreciate you reaching out to me. 
Yeah, I um, appreciate you calling me back. I can't tell you how many times I've reached out. I reached out to a female attorney years ago, and after that, I gave up. Before that, I talked to the LaSalle police. I talked to the Ottawa. You know, I, I went to everybody I could think of. Wow. No one would listen. Yeah, no where, one would so listen. Tell me, tell me um, just state your name, your age, and where you, where you, uh, the town you currently live in. Okay, my name is originally was um, from my father's side in the Peru area. Um, I live in, I'm 41, I'll be 42 in September. But I live in for about 15 years now almost. My husband and I got married and we came here because this is where he's from. Okay, so um, I'll just let you kind of start. Where do you want to start just kind of telling me this story? Yeah, I guess the easiest place is to start when my grandpa told it, told it to me. He was really sick with cancer. Um, back when I was 15, we, he found out he had lung cancer, a smoker his whole life. Um, and he decided, you know, he was laying on it. He was really sick, and he was nearing death. Probably about a month later is when he passed. And he told me he had something he had to tell me. And I, I asked him what, because he knew I was, you know, looking to go into college and be the first person in our family to graduate. And he... Uh, he said that he knew about my history. Now, mind you, growing up, um, I heard the story about John Wayne Gacy because he lived a couple blocks from my family, from my grandfather's house. And I heard about, you know, the Starbrock murders because they were in my parents' or my, my father's town. So it, you know, wasn't something I wasn't unfamiliar with. But he told me that he had to tell me something and he wanted me to follow through with it. I told him I would because he and I were very close. Um. I sat down with him and he told me that he knew who killed the women in the Star Rock murders. I said, well, I know, Grandpa, someone was arrested for it and is in prison. He said that man is a fall guy. He did not commit the murders. He was just convenient. And mm. I kind of was a little shocked at first. And I, I, I honestly, I thought it was because he was sick, but he was not on morphine. He was not on anything for the cancer because he wanted to be lucid for my grandmother until he died. Mm-hmm. And I asked him what he knew and how he knew. And he said, you know about my past and who I've worked for, worked for my whole life. And even though he was in construction, um, I knew he was in the mafia. It wasn't something you'd walk around telling people. And nowadays, it's, I hope, safe to say. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But it wasn't something you walked around and told people. My entire town, if you look up the history of Illinois, you'll find that half of them were Italian and most of them were in the mob. <laughs> Um, Mm. but, you know, I knew what he did and I knew that he was in charge of lending out people to be taken care of with how he, how he talked about it when I was young and joked about it. And when his brother would come over, his brother lived in St. Louis. And so I said, "I, I know your past. And he said, well, I know for a fact the man that's in prison didn't do it. The fact is, is that. And he, he gave me um, the one lady's name, and I don't, I don't remember their names. And the only reason I reached out to you is because I saw something on HBO saying the Starbuck murders. And I went into it to tell my kid, because I've been telling him for years that I know this guy was innocent. I said, oh, my gosh, they finally did something on this. And long story short, one of the only no, I didn't, I haven't watched it. I don't know if I'm going to. I want to know that they find him innocent before I watch something. Um, mm. one of the ladies, I know there were three and I know they were older. Right. One of the ladies' husbands I worked for, it was some kind of commu- communications. I don't remember what it was, but he said that the husband knew 
the, he was really close to someone that my grandfather knew. He hired them to kill his wife. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And because of this, it wasn't one man that took on three women who, I mean, look at the circumstances. Tiny, scrawny little guy attacks, you know, three women that are my age, older, something like that. I mean, they weren't young women. Were they really going to stand back and take it? Uh I mean, my father told, or grandfather told me that it was meant to appear, he wanted revenge. He wanted them to know he was angry. And there was supposed to be revenge. I looked at the photos. He, he wanted who wanted who wanted who to know who was there. The father, the, the husband, wanted revenge on the wife. I don't know what she did. I have no idea. I don't know his exact connection with the man that my grandfather knew. He didn't go into hmm. details with that. He just told me this man hired one of his guys to get a group and kill these women. Oh he gosh. knew the details. He sent them down there, knowing three of them would be there. They weren't. The women were surprised. But the, the guys that were sent down weren't surprised. Grandpa said he knew there were six guys that went on the trail. He doesn't know how many of them were there. Some were, he said a lot of them stood as lookouts. Whoever wasn't a lookout attacked these women. Oh, my god! He said they were not killed in the cave, which makes sense to me. I mean, now that I'm older, when I was younger, I really thought that they were really bludgeoned in a cave. Mm-hmm. Just being there, I know that those caves aren't big. But he said they weren't bludgeoned in them. They weren't beaten in a cave. They were beaten and they were posed so that someone would, so the husband would know that the job was done properly. Wow. And yeah, and I I know, I'm hoping you're at least my age, if not older. Um, I'm unfortunately older than you. (laughs) Well, that's good because then you understand that the mafia was a big thing in Chicago for a very long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they had their fingers in everything. You couldn't turn around yeah. and cough without you know, knowing someone or seeing someone yeah. that was in the mob. And, you know, my grandfather's last name was not far-fetched. Your grandfather's it. I mean, last not, name was what? How do you spell it? He wasn't part of it, but he knew the men that were. And he spent his his deathbed, I guess, the last month of his life. We We spent a lot of time talking. And I loved him like my own father. I loved him. He helped raise me, and mm. I don't doubt what he said is true. Not for anything. How do, but because how do you spell your it. grandfather's last name? Uh, and what was his first name? How old was he when he passed? Oh, good lord. Um, he was seventy, I think. I think he hit his seventieth birthday. So your grandfather was in the mafia. Yes. So and before I before I, I don't want to interject and start asking you questions and things. I'd I'd rather no, just let you let you talk and tell me anything else you remember your grandfather telling you. If there's anything else you remember. Um. What else, the only thing I, the only other thing I remember is he said that they brought everything they needed with them. They found. Um, they went up to the lodge. The guy spent the night watching the women. They want to, I guess, making sure that they didn't have witnesses because that's one thing that the mafia is good at, not leaving witnesses, which is why, sadly, all three of them died, not just one. Um, but everything that they had, they brought with them. Other, I think he said they, I don't remember what they grabbed, but they grabbed one or two things from the lodge in case, and I don't know if they, it was case they needed it. God, it's been 
so many years since I've had this conversation with him, but I do know that they gra- they they did grab something from the lodge or two things from the lodge to make sure that if there wasn't some kind of necessary, they had it. Regardless, I mean, that's really pretty much it. I, I mean, did he say? Sadly, I know. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you, you, did he say what? I if you, I don't oh. have specifics. I just know they grabbed something. They they grabbed yeah. they took a few things from the, the lodge that they needed to help in, in case there was some need for it. Um, did, did he give you a name of anybody that was there? Of the guys? Oh, God, no. Yeah. No, that's mm-hmm. not something. Even if I wanted them, he wouldn't have given them to me because that puts me at risk. That puts my right. life at risk. Why do you think? Um, you know, and I, I believe everything you're telling me. Just let me say that, okay? Uh, why do you think he told you all this? When things were, when I was, I was 15 when my grandfather passed. Um, he died in '96. '96. In our town, '96, yeah. In our town, the mafia was still a big thing, and because I was his granddaughter, I would run packages. I would, you know, drop envelopes off, you know. If someone needed me for something, I would do it. He didn't want me in that life. He didn't want me. I mean, granted, good money, really good money at 15 years old. But he Mm -hmm. didn't want me in that life. So he told me Mm -hmm. to stick with the job that he got me with a friend of his in town. I did. And he wanted me out of it. And I told him I didn't understand. And a lot of it, he told me a lot of stories. This is not the first one. I know about a lot of people who were offed, so to speak. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were a lot of stories. And he said that it weighs on your conscience. That you have to die with that knowledge. I yeah. didn't want that knowledge, and I'm glad I didn't stick with what he had me doing or what he well, he's the one that got me originally we, into it because he needed help. Let me just tell you, have you heard any of my podcasts at all? I've not. Um, okay, I, so, I'm so I want to tell you something. What you just told me, I've got goosebumps on my arms. I wish you could see my arms. I've got incredible goosebumps. What you just told me, the hair on my arms is sticking straight out. What you just told me is absolutely 100% consistent with things I've been saying on this podcast. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. You are, you are telling me a powerful, you're corroborating very powerfully what I've been saying, you know, on the podcast. Um, When I, I I went online. This is a real breakthrough for me. Oh my gosh, I'm well, almost in tears. Up, I'm almost in tears right I, now. I'm glad. I mean, I really, I'm glad you actually called to listen because I can't tell you how many people. When I was 18, I left my grandmother and I told her I had to do something. My grandma has no idea. Well, she's passed now, but she had no idea what I had to do. I told her it's something I had to do that grandpa made me promise. And she said, well, if he made you promise, you better do it. And I said, yes, ma'am. And I did it. I mean, I grew up, a, grew up in a Catholic family. We went to church down the road in the Catholic church. There was no, <laughs> you make a promise and you know, cheat it out. Mm-hmm. But I told her I had to do it. What did your grandpa want you to do? There. He wanted me to, to get someone to listen so that Chester oh would get gosh. set free. Oh my but he gosh. wanted him set free because he, he felt guilty that that man was in prison when he knew who murdered those women. <laughs> Wow. And I went into forensics my first year in college. I went into forensic science. I, like I, my goal, my major de- you know, declaration was forensic science. I mean, I wanted to help prove this man innocent because my grandfather swore it was true, and that man didn't tell lies. I mean, he did not look at people and say, "Oh, well, you know, I might have heard." He didn't say so, something unless so he knew for can sure. So, you um, 
you know, I um, I don't want to put words in your mouth, and I, I wanted mm-hmm. to, instead of me, like, recapping what you just said, I didn't want to do that because I don't want to put words in your mouth, um, but no, I want to no. hear it again and let it sink in. Can you can you just tell me one more time what he told you actually happened? Okay. So one of the wife's husbands was in some sort of communication. Um, I don't know what that meant. I still don't know what that meant. I've never done the research on these people because if I did finally get to look at the evidence from a scientific perspective, I didn't want it to change what I thought. Mm-hmm. So I've never researched this case. I can't. I still to this yeah. day know he's innocent. Um, yeah. But I don't know enough about it to say, oh, well, it had to be so-and-so. I just know that one of the women's, one of the women's husbands was in communication. He knew one of the men from the mob that my grandfather was very tight with. That being said, I don't know who it was. We had a lot of people come to our house. So I don't know who it was. But mm-hmm. um, that man hired them. A lot of freaking money was paid out to these people. And if they'd have researched mm-hmm. these men at all, if they'd have researched these men in their bank accounts, they'd have found out who did it. But they literally, he paid the, he paid the mob to hit his wife. He wanted wow. a, he wanted them. He wanted it proven that he was that it was for vengeance. It was something she did to him. I don't know what. My guess is, you know, she probably cheated on him or something. I don't know where she wanted to leave him. I don't know. All I know is that he paid the mob to vengefully kill his wife. There oh were gosh. six guys. There was a group of six men set down. My grandfather knew that it was a, there were six. Six men were sent. Some were lookouts. Some were meant to hit the women. Um, they stayed the night at the lodge. I don't. Grandpa said they'd have stayed later if they had to, just to make sure that there were no witnesses. The women were alone when they did the hit because the mob doesn't. The mafia doesn't leave witnesses. They just don't. Right. So, but apparently it was the second, like literally the day after they got there, and um, they went to St. Louis Canyon, which I've been to a million times. Partly because I always was curious, and partly because it's beautiful. But they followed them down there. No one was there, and they beat them to bloody pulp. They, from my understanding, they beat them to seriously bloody pulp. And they oh left them gosh. in a cave. They staged them in a cave. They pulled them pulled them into one of the caves. And I've seen the cave, so it's not it's big enough literally to put women in, but not big enough to have murdered them in. So again, it makes sense. Mm. Um, but they took everything they that they, they did, the, anything they brought with them, they took with them, murder weapons and all. Um, they brought all that with them. They brought everything with them that they needed. Now, one thing I can always say about my grandfather, when he arranged for someone to be beaten, nothing was. There was no proof left. Did, was um, your grandfather the one that arranged it, or he just heard this from his friend? He was told by his friend that he was being that the friend was being paid to do this. So my grandfather I was see. the one who gave him this, the five guys. Oh, your grandfather arranged the five guys. My grandfather told him who to take. He didn't say, okay. "Oh, I'll make sure they're available," something like that. He just told him who he should take. I see. Um, yeah. Okay, your grandfather told his friend what five guys he should take. 
Yeah. And then those so are the guys workout. that went down there. Was his friend yeah. part of that group of six? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, and your grandfather passed in 1996. Yeah. And he was in, and, I want to say he was, he might have been a little bit older. I don't remember exactly how old. He might have been nearing 75. But he was, you're, he was you know what's funny? You're right about that area being, it was very Italian, yes. very mafia-ish. Um, mm-hmm. mafia. People don't realize how big the mafia was back then, you know? No, uh, I mean, and like its fingers reached. <laughs> yeah, it reached everywhere. <laughs> I mean, there were people. Oh, my in, gosh. There were people in my hometown that were in the mafia. And he said and, about yeah. Chester Weger, he was just. He was a fall guy. guy. He was a patsy. With his words, he was a patsy. He was convenient, and they chose him, and that was it. They didn't. They didn't look further. And everything I know Mm. about the police, they put the blinders on, and that's it. They found their guy. That's what they're doing. That's who they're hunting. That's the end of it. Did um. Did did it sound to you like in the story that the other two women just were kind of collateral damage, or um? Oh, I knew they were. Um, like, like, the, like, they had to kill all three because they wanted to kill the one. Yes, and this was the most convenient time to make sure that the husband wasn't even fingered. This was, right. I mean, this literally was all set up because the husband made it made a call said, "Hey, they're going down this, you know, she's going to Starbucks. She's got a couple of friends with her, um, and literally these other two women, sadly, their their lives were just, they really were just collateral. Did you damage. hear anything about? Uh, the husband that ordered they had anything else about him besides like the communications part, anything about his subsequent life or anything he did later or I know nothing uh, about him. No. I didn't I didn't mm-hmm. ask questions. My grandpa told me the story. He told me what he wanted me to do and I probably should have asked questions, but I was fifteen when I when I heard this. So he told you he gave you this mission to like um to try he to gave me a mission to help this man go green. Yes. Oh my and gosh. I, I can't believe I it. This wrote, is- Unbelievable. I wrote, I wrote Weger uh, a letter, and it was no way. I was yeah, I was pretty scared that if at the time, I mean, I was what twenty one, twenty two. You wrote him a letter. Oh my god! Oh my god! I got these goosebumps again. I'm just so emotional right now. I wrote him a letter telling him I knew he was innocent and that I couldn't prove it, but my story would help him find someone else to like find somewhere else to look. Because oh my gosh! I can't prove him innocent. I can't. I wish I could, but right. I know for a fact, for years, I kept telling, I told the LaSalle Police Department, and I'm friends with people in the Peru Department, and especially now, I grew up with half of them, um, but I, I told the LaSalle, I went to Ottawa, I said, look, I need you guys to run DNA on this, especially, I was, uh, I was 24, 25, I was somewhere in there, and I said, look, I need you to run DNA on this stuff, there's no way this man did it. They wanted proof. I told them what happened. They said, I'm sorry, that's not enough. We can't just run DNA. It's expensive. If I'd had the money, I promise you, I would have paid to have the DNA run. Oh, my God. You So you went to the LaSalle Police it. Department, Ottawa Police Department. Where else? I did. I just was in Ottawa because I didn't know who arrested him. And oh back then, gosh. Internet wasn't Internet. It was I still had to look up everything in the public library. So, <laughs> but. I didn't know oh exactly where he was arrested, which department took him, because Utica doesn't have its own police department. So I didn't know who took, like, who ended up arresting this man. I don't even know what, what town he's from. I just, I reached out. I said, you know what? There's only one men's correctional facility in Illinois. So I wrote a letter. And I, I said, I hope this helps. I know it probably can't, but I, I've, I've 
exhausted anything else I can do. I've been married 15 years and my husband, he's like, you need to go back and do this. I said, there's nothing else I can do. What can I do for this so then, man? So then how did, how did you get to the point where you and I are talking today? So how did, how did it get to the point you reached out to me? Yesterday, I was flipping through HBO Max because I wanted something to watch. And my daughter and I were literally binging Harry Potter. And I was like, going with Harry Potter. Great show. She's like, no, yeah. I, I know, it's great. I love it. Every now and then we just binge it. But I told her, I said, you know, I want to watch something else. She goes, well, you look, I'm going to go bake. She was baking a cake and I was flipping through. And I really love true crime. It's, I mean, part of it is my upbringing. Literally, John Wayne Gacy knew my next door neighbors. So yeah, I... I I know exactly my, what you're talking about. I was in high school at the time. We used to drive by his house. Um, yeah, he's like literally two blocks from my grandfather's house. Um, oh, he did? Then, wow. Yeah, when I was 10 years old, I was almost 11, but I was 10 years old, and my best friend um, from Spring Valley, we were all, her and I and were outside roller skating. We went down the hill. She was tinier than us. She was six going on seven. She's faster. She went down. She went up first. We were on our way. We hit the bottom of the hill. A truck came by us, so we stopped. It went up. She got in, and she never came home alive. So death, I mean, they found her in Iowa. The man's in prison. I really wish he would get the death penalty. He was oh literally there gosh. when they found her. Oh the only reason he killed her. The only reason he killed her is because she cried out to her mom. But people don't want stories like that. They don't care about things like that. So her story's mm-hmm. never been heard, except in Spring mm-hmm. Valley. Um, so you, you, HBO Max, you I've, saw this. I, well, I've grown, I've grown up with all this, so I love true crime. Well, I was flipping through, I saw one, and I looked down, I scrolled through the ones that like this, and I saw another one, I, I scrolled, I, I did that about five times, until I found, all of a sudden, it said Star Rock Murders, and I went, and she, she comes running, she goes, what? They did a story on it. Oh my God, I hope they found out he was innocent. And when I read the byline of it, there, it doesn't say it. It doesn't say no. man in prison for at least no. what, 56 years now. No, I 60, mean, I, over 60. Uh, I just yeah. saw him yesterday. I was in LaSalle yeah. yesterday. I just saw him yesterday. You saw him yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. Wait a minute. He's out? He's on parole. He's oh. not. He's, oh, I might cry. He's, he's 83 years old. He's 83 years old. He's on parole with an ankle monitor. Um, we are trying to prove he's actually innocent. He's still got well, that conviction hanging over his head. He just got out of parole. He just got on parole recently, like, you know, a little over a year ago. He, he, did, over 60, he did over 60 years in prison. Yeah. It's going to be the longest mm-hmm. wrongful conviction in the United States history. So you saw HBO well, Max. So keep going in terms of how you got I, to me then. Okay, so I looked at it, I said, what in the world, why now? Well, I looked it up, I, I went on Google, I hate Google because, well, I'm educated and Google sucks, but I went on Google and I typed in his name and all of a sudden underneath it, it populated DNA results. I held my breath. I really thought that it had come back. Well, it popped up, it said, oh, his attorney thinks that this could prove his innocence. So I clicked on that article and that's where I found your name. And I oh my god! I've got to reach out to this man because I have to. My my grandfather's wish was for me to do something. I have to reach out to this man. So I did, and I was now we're here. <laughs> you know, you know. Um, oh my gosh, I could cry. 
I could absolutely cry. Um, I could just knowing that the man is finally outside of those walls. I wish I could give you a hug. I wish you were right here in front of me. Um, but here's what I wanted to say. Um, when I saw your message on Facebook last night, you know, I've had, so I, I'm, I'm the attorney representing Chester Weger trying to prove his innocence. Um, right. When I saw your message and you said, you know, I know my grandfather told me how it happened, but you had all those qualifications like, you know, I'm sure you're not going to call me back. I bet you don't care. Nobody ever reached out to me. I was so <laughs> shocked to see that. Like, I wanted to call you right then, but it was, it was evening and I thought, well, I'll wait till the morning. But I thought to myself, like, why would in the world would she think I would never call her back? Like, this is, this is the most important thing in the world to me. Because I've talked to every attorney that he's had. I have re- I have watched the Google, the, what is my, I forget my dad calls it, the Google Nader or whatever. Every now and then I'll put his name in and I'll see if he's got a new attorney. And every now and then he's got one. I've reached out to two attorneys in the time that, until I finally just threw in the towel, I got remarried, moved to for 15 years. Every time I go home, I think about him. And every time this I go is home. What, yeah. I, uh, I've been waiting for you. I've been waiting for you. Um, today is the day. Today is the day. Come on, buddy. I mean, I just, years and years, I, I spent years trying to reach out to people, anyone that I could get just to listen, because doubt is what makes the case. Doubt is what proves that this mm-hmm. man didn't do it. And the fact that I know 100%, 100%, I lived in this life. I watched my grandfather work. <laughs> And even though he helped build, what is it, the John Hancock and Wacker Drive, the irony, mm-hmm. he's the mm-hmm. and yeah. he made good money from them. But I tell mm-hmm. you what, years and years trying to get someone, anyone, just to listen. And hence, the, there's no way you're going to call me back, but at least care enough to help this man because I know he's innocent. That's all I cared about. That's yeah. literally all I cared about. Knowing that a man is in prison, wow. he didn't do something, he killed me. Right. I mean, oh my God. Cases, just set aside, how many cases from the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s can be thrown out because of DNA? I can't believe in 2000 they didn't just start running DNA on stuff. I know it sounds well, terrible. Yeah, crazy, you know, it's, it's more complicated. Uh, it's hard. You have to first get the court's permission. Uh, secondly, well, like I want to say, initially, you have to have things to test. You don't always have things to test. Um, so we have DNA testing, some things found, um, hair, twine, some cigarette butts. Um, all the DNA results are supposed to, pardon me? I mean, that's the one thing I thought of. I thought, okay, if they're running DNA, God help me, I hope he wasn't a smoker and he wasn't in that canyon any time in the last like 24 hours. I know, I mean, you know, <laughs> the thing is, you know, he was a smoker um, and he was familiar with that canyon. I, uh, I agree, I've, you know, I mean, that, that would be, uh, yeah, I'm just hoping there's no reason for contamination, you know, um, yeah. but well, my, all our DNA, all our, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, my, all my our DNA results to... are supposed to come back by the end of July. Um, you know, so no chances man did it. None. Yeah. Well, I... I, I have been putting together a very strong case of all the reasons why um, I think show that Chester Weger didn't do it. Um, 
I have been advocating on my podcast that it was a premeditated plan among several people. I oh, even then make I make the argument that one of the men wanted his wife killed, and I talk about that. And I actually had another gentleman reach out to me who told me a similar story to yours um, hmm. that jives basically exactly. Um, he was more of a local guy. Yeah. And so, I don't know where these men came from. I don't know if anyone was local that my grandfather suggested, but grandpa told me that he told him who to take. And it's possible that there were one, two, three local guys because they're local. They know, they know that they know Star Wars. Well, it was what the guy, what the guy told me was he had a friend who was local who got a call from a guy who just said, we have a mutual friend. And this guy, the local guy was kind of mob connected. And okay. the local guy was just like the kind of the, uh, the, the planner, like in terms of logistics, right? But that all yeah. these guys came up from the Chicago area, like a bunch of guys came up from the Chicago area. Yeah. yeah. What you're saying jives exactly with everything I've been told, everything I've been working on. Oh my God, I've been waiting for this day. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Bless your heart. I'm um, tell you, I am a big believer in God, and he has a plan. Oh, my gosh. So I want to, um, I, need to, I need to digest all this. Um, yeah. I, my head is just, is just running in circles right now. Um, I, want you, I, want you to, I want to tell you something. On behalf of Chester Weaker, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for you coming forward, sharing your information. I believe every single syllable you told me. Um, you have no reason to be making it up. I believe everything you said. Everything you said is absolutely perfectly consistent with what I have learned in my investigation. And to me, it's, it's kind of the final nail in the coffin to prove that Chester Weaker is not had nothing to do with these crimes. I just need the DNA to come back all, you know, clean, which it should. Um, but oh my gosh, I, uh, I like I said, I want to cry. I'm just, uh, I'm emotional now, just thinking about the conversation we just had. Um, the only, I have one request from you, and I know everyone says uh -huh. that, and everyone, oh no, when this all comes out, and he's he's found innocent because I know he will be. Please just tell the man I want to give him a hug because I just, for years, I've spent my life trying to find a way to get someone to listen that I know he's innocent. And I know everyone has their speculations, but I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that this man did not do it. And I just want to hug this man so bad and tell him I'm sorry. You know what? I can arrange that for you. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I can make that happen. Uh, and I can't wait I can't wait to be there in person and to see you give him a big hug. I can't wait to see it. I'm not a big crier. Oh, but I'm tell you, I hug that man the day he's found innocent or after he's found innocent. I'm going to ball my eyes out because it'll fulfill my grandfather's wish and it will set a man free that I have been fighting for for over 20 some years. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I can't fight it. Here, the, the, the worst part about this, I... Like, after my grandfather passed, there's nothing I could prove. There was nothing I had physical right. proof on. Right. At that time, 
grandmother was still alive. So I mm-hmm. went to her said, do we yeah. have anything of grandpa's that, you know, any of his old books? And she said, no, when he passed, he told me to burn them. So oh my God. I, had no- I had nothing I could physically use to prove it. I just want to tell you, oh my God, I am so, so emotional. My head is racing because you have just so powerfully corroborated everything I've been saying. I feel like this day is now going to be a reality. There's no doubt in my mind. There's no doubt in my mind. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. Oh my God. Um, Because I've got a lot of other things. I just needed, I needed to have, you know, kind of another plausible story on how things could have happened. And and you're providing that, you know, what you, what you have. Grandmother, grandpa told me that the poor guy worked at the lodge. So, the only thing I can think of is if the DNA comes back, it's going to come back on a cigarette because the lodge isn't, have you, have you been to Starbuck? Have you walked down to the park uh-huh. of the lodge? Have you yep. walked down to the, the, so you know, it's not yep. a far, it's not a far walk. You go on a break, you want to walk somewhere pretty, you can go to the St. Louis Canyon. It's yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. So the only yeah. thing I can think is Lord help them. They didn't pull cigarettes that were in the snow, like under the snow, like if they were digging right. around. Because right. I know it right. happens in the wind. Otherwise, right. There's no way this man is going to come back with anything, anything yep. DNA. Yep. But we're going to meet in person sooner rather than later. And I want to, um, I want to give you a call back, uh, you know, later today um, and just kind of let you know where I kind of want to go from here. Okay. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of overwhelmed myself at this point. Normally, I'm very logical and can think, but when you called and I heard your name, I went, no, my brain just stopped for a minute. And I'm sure if there's something else comes back, and I wouldn't doubt that there is because I'm kind of rambling more than I am telling everything, I will definitely let you know later. I just, yeah. I'm more yeah. surprised that someone finally called back and said, I care. I believe you. I know something is Oh, my God. You. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, my God. I was so looking forward to calling you. I mean, I was literally looking at my phone like 9 o'clock, boom. My phone hit nine <laughs> o'clock and I dialed the number. Um, I just didn't want to do it last night. I just thought, you know, let me, I want to be fresh. I want to do it when, you know, uh, we're both ready to talk. And um, yeah, I, really, oh, I, I got to give a big breath. Um, I don't usually take calls from Chicago, but I only answered it because my son lives there now. My oldest is 20 and oh my gosh. Be at the end. And so I was like, maybe he's calling me from a work number. And so I, I, that's the only reason mm. I called it back. <laughs> but well, I, so I, I messaged you back and said, I'm going to call you at nine. I don't know if you saw that message. I, you know, believe it or not, I don't even use Facebook. I hopped on there. If you look, you go, if you go look at my page, you'll see, I don't ever post anything. I gave up using it because I'm mm-hmm. tired of drama. I like, it's face amazing face you face found face. me though. It's amazing. You found me. Oh you my know, gosh. Not, I really, truly believe that God, yeah. keeps people in your t- place mm-hmm. when they're supposed to be and until yeah. this point i always looked for everybody else this yeah. literally hit me like a book in the face when i saw hbo max and then i did a little bit of research i said hey you know what one more shot one more ditch effort and i told my husband well you I know <laughs> i have made a big effort because the reason i did the podcast and i actually so i have a podcast that got 14 episodes out i just took out a full page ad a week ago in the LaSalle. Um, News Tribune. I uh, took out. I have. Uh, I. I actually was at the LaSalle Post Office yesterday. You know what I was doing? I'm mailing five thousand postcards to people. And you know what I'm trying to get is what you just gave me. What you just gave me. 
That's, that's what I was trying to get. Somebody out there, I said, I know. Somebody out there has the piece of the puzzle, the final piece of the puzzle I need, and it was you. It was oh, you. I'm glad. I only hope that it can bring him some Bless your heart. Piece. Bless your heart. Um, all right, I'm going to call you back uh, a little later today. Uh, I'm going to probably make a little list of some other questions and just some thoughts. And, um, but I want to tell you, I am, I, I'm over the moon. I could, I could uh, jump for joy right now. I want to tell you how excited I am. But thank I, you, thank you. Honestly, I feel the same way just based on the fact that I finally got to tell someone who would listen. Your grandpa's looking down smiling right now because he knows you finally made the connection. I'm glad. I'm really glad. Yeah, but absolutely. If I, if I any questions? Honestly, if I don't have an answer, I'm not going to give you something I don't know. But if I do, okay. and no, I absolutely, I, absolutely, absolutely. That's all I want. Just I just want you what you know. Thank you so Perfect. much for making the call. Our, yeah, I look forward to talking to you again a little bit later. All right, have a good one, Andy. Okay, bye bye. Bye bye. Wow. Hearing the conversation gives me goosebumps all over again. And I was even more blown away after meeting her in person. There is no doubt in my mind, none, that this woman is telling me the truth. She is sincere. She is honest. She is heartfelt. She is emotional. She has absolutely nothing to gain by coming forward here, but she's doing it, like she said, because it was the wishes of her relative. Our jigsaw puzzle is almost complete. This is the second to last puzzle piece. The final piece will be the DNA results that we should have back soon. We took another giant step forward to proving Chester Uyghur's innocence we are knocking on the door of justice. Stay tuned. We hope to be back with a final episode soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Star of Rock Murders with Andy Hale. And thank you for joining Whitney and I on this journey for justice. Today was a huge episode. I cannot overstate how huge it was. But the but is we're not done investigating. We're not done digging. There's more out there. I know there is. If there's anybody out there that knows something, even if you think it's small, please reach out. We're all ears. We're still looking. We're still digging. We're still investigating. No tip or information is too small. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you get your podcasts. This show is produced in collaboration with Phineas Ellis, design, content, and promotion by Bell and Ivy, and hosted by myself and Whitney Braun. We'll see you next time.